We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become a new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned for why we love using Zen for the podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Call This Archaeology Podcast, episode 84. Um, Corona edition episode, I don't know, eight. <laughs> edition. Have we done eight episodes in the in the coronavirus time frame? Actually, I don't think so. I hope not. Although it feels like maybe we have. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <sighs> nice. Yeah, it feels like it's it feels like it just started, but it's also drug on forever. Uh, true. Especially now that people aren't don't seem to be taking the um, safety precautions as seriously ish. Yeah. Hey, um, I don't think my mic is coming through the uh, live stream, Richie. Oh, whoops. Hang on. I actually muted you for a sec. <laughs> you should be coming through now or at least in 30 seconds from now. <laughs> right. Yeah, there you go. I can read you now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. Well, um, <laughs> as Richie said, yeah, welcome. So, I'm looking at two different screens here. So you see me looking off screen here uh, at the live uh-huh. screen so I can so I can pay attention to what's going on here. Um, yeah. But Richie's also got this super cool. Uh, well, I just saw my comment come through. Richie's got this super cool comment stream coming through from several yeah. different sources. So that's kind of neat. <laughs> um, yeah. And it worked great last week. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. It really did. I liked it. They were all from Facebook. It'd be nice to get some of those uh if anybody's watching on youtube or twitch hey you know comment because we're we're coming the comments are coming through on the stream and coming through into the same stream so that's pretty cool you know what i'm also seeing live captions on facebook wait really yes i've literally never seen well i've got the video up here and i i clicked i clicked it so it's not just playing in a feed so it's coming up so i can watch it and then i've got the comments where i can make on the side but underneath the video Everything I'm saying is being captioned and displayed on the bottom uh, outside Wait, really? of the video. Yeah, wow. that's insane. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe that's a, a new update because um, YouTube does that too, or can wow. if you want. I don't usually I just, don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have a choice to turn it on or off because it's just on. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cool seeing it. It's going really fast though. You'd have to be a, a pretty quick reader to um, to follow that because it's it's only displaying about five, six words at a time and two lines, only two lines. So it's, um, it's going pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, before. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Hmm. I was going to see, did you um, check out, um, do you check out that Facebook um, posting on, God, I always forget which group it is. The one where someone was asking for apps and for the first time unsolicited um, people are mentioning wild note. Really? No, I actually didn't see that. I've kind of yeah. gone, I kind of went dark this weekend on a lot of social <laughs> media stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to check that out. That's really cool yeah. that it's making some, making some traction. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, by 10 years from now, archaeologists will be where um, everyone is today <laughs> as far as archaeology goes. 
You know, this is this is one thing I've told the uh, I've told Wild Note, the people at Wild Note, um, as far as the importance of going to conferences and stuff, is because Wild Note right now has made the de- business decision while we're continuing to obviously support archaeology. Yeah. Um, active sales in archaeology have kind of fallen off just a little bit because we're in a rapid growth period as far as trying to get the app stable. The app is stable, but obviously every application needs to become more stable through time as you add features. So, and we've added a ton of cool features this year, even just some in the last few weeks that I'm just, just kind of playing with. And they're really super cool. They make it really easy to, to edit data, to uh, manage your locations. And for archeologists, that means site numbers, stuff like that. Anyway, this isn't a discussion about WildNote, but my point is, um, it's, I've told them that even if we're going to, yeah, even if we're going to back off active, like progress on sales for, um, uh, for, for wild note, that just means that that doesn't mean that we're still not selling it. You know, we're not, yeah. if somebody comes to us and says, Hey, I want to use wild. Oh. And obviously we're going to work with them and do what we can, but I'm yeah. just not making, I'm not making cold calls or anything like that saying, Hey, you know, come check out this software. So, but the thing is, <laughs> I told yeah. him, I said, it's still important to get the message out there. It's still important to go to conferences yeah. when they start back up and things like that. Because I just had somebody who I've met, I think, once or twice at a conference. Um, she's been a guest on um, okay. other podcasts on the APN, uh, but I know yeah. her on Facebook mostly. And I remember she works for a company in Southern California. And I had talked to her a couple of years ago about Wild Note just because, you know, that company's yeah. a decent size and, yeah. you know, they do a lot of work. And uh, and I told her, I said, hey, do you want to have a, a quick demo about Wild Note? You can bring other people in. And she basically said, you know, it's cool and all, thanks, but this company will never go digital. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. yeah, okay. I hear that. I literally hear that all the time. So I'm not offended, you know, whatever. It is what yeah. it is. But then I get a Facebook message last week that says, hey, we've got a project coming up that we're going to need Wild Out on. Can we talk? Wow. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's why we stay visible. Because when you are ready, when you are prepared yeah. to do this, you know who to contact. You know, and that's honestly, that's why people have swag too. So you can hand it out a conference. Oh, yeah. Not that, not that you want people to like have your logo all everything, but when they're sitting there <laughs> a year from now thinking of digital archaeology going, man, is there an app out there I could use? Well, yes. Matter of fact, there is. Uh, it's written right there on that coffee mug we gave you, or it's written right there on that pen or that flash drive or something like that. And it just stays top of mind. And that's why people do swag. Well, it's, at the, reason why, um, it's the reason why people use, um, you know, oh God, use Word, even if yeah. they have a Mac. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's out there and it's well known. I mean, that's really, that's really what it is, you know, and they stay, t- they stay top of mind with advertising and persistence. So, yeah. I mean, does, um, does, does Mac still have that um that word processing program? I even forget its name. <laughs> pages. Pages has actually come a long way. Um, has it? <laughs> pages. Yeah, Pages isn't. Let me. How do I put this? Pages isn't nearly as fully featured as Word, and neither is Numbers, their spreadsheet <laughs> equivalent. But you know what, uh-huh. Richie? Most of the time, when you click into Word, you go to do something. What are you doing? You're just typing up a document, right? You're not doing. True. You're not doing anything super crazy. If I was going to start writing a book again, I yeah. would probably do that in. Um, I would probably do that in Word. In fact, I might start oh. in Pages just because Pages integrates with all my yeah. devices a little better. But then, re- when it really came down to formatting, I would switch it over to Word. And, and really, the reason is yeah. Word has a lot better tools for like table of contents management, where you can hyperlink to different pages, you know, things yeah. like that. Um, and you do it automatically using the table of contents and headers features, right? So yeah. It's uh, pages. Pages can do that, but it's just not as it's just not as good. But what yeah. but what pages is is it's basically yeah. it's the essentials. 
You know, it's the essentials of what you would need probably 80% of the time, that 20% of time where you have to do something more special and you have to do something crazier then then go over to word. I do the same thing with spreadsheets. You know, if I've got to do, if I've got to do some really detailed spreadsheet work, then I'll go over to Excel. But if I'm just doing something quick where I just need a quick table of data or even some quick formulas or something like that, I have no problem using numbers. Oh, really? Instead of of using um, the Google suite of free stuff? Well, Google just requires me to go online and, and do all that stuff in a browser. And sometimes I just don't want to do everything in a browser. You know, mm. um, browsers, browsers tend to bog down your system. Um, you know, I've got a lot of tabs that are, that are saved that are, that are sometimes open. And when you're trying to do a lot of work and you're keeping a browser like that open for a long time, it can really yeah. start to bog down your resources. So, you know, while oh, I have true. no problem with, I have no problem with Google Sheets and I use it when I, it's definitely yeah. the go-to for a collaborative document. Um, oh, yeah. I just, I don't use it for personal stuff where I just need to, to quickly do something. So yeah, of course the problem with Mac software, if you're going to share it with anybody is, um, no one can open it. <laughs> well, obviously no one can open it, but you can share pages files as word documents. You can even share That's them true. as older doc files and newer docx files. Um, uh-huh. same thing with Excel. You can share them as Excel, XLS files or XLSX oh, files, but yeah. like all conversions, it's not perfect. You know, there will be, there will be some issues with the conversion. And if I'm trying to sell, share an Excel spreadsheet with somebody and I have to export it out of, out of um, numbers, you know, there might be some problems with the formulas or the, the linking between sheets or, you know, something like that. So um, yeah. I'm just noticing this, uh, <laughs> just, I'm just noticing that the, um, the closed captioning here has, uh, uh, it, it took XLS file and said X files. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. may as well be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, how have you been doing the last week? Have you been, have you been outside much? I see you're getting uh, to-go cocktails and canned on the fly uh, beers. Well, I mean, I haven't been intending to go any place. It's just every time I'm out for my bike ride, I see someplace new that's open. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, when I um, went to Brewer's Cabinet, which is a place here in town, I was like, they said they're open. So I stopped by and then the crazy, yeah. here's the crazy thing. You know, I ordered my porter and I thought he was just going to put it in a cup or something and bring it to me. He, um, mm-hmm. I see him pouring it and he brings me a can. And so I did not even realize that you can, um, that they can can right on the spot. Like as soon as they pour it, they can can it and give it to you. That's crazy. They must have a single canning machine. I don't even know how canning yeah. does. Like how do they, I don't, <laughs> I don't honestly don't know how canning works. So like beer canning. Uh, I know how bottling works obviously. And yeah. you can just drop the bottle uh, cap right on there with yeah. that machine, but I don't know how you seal up a, how a can is sealed up. That's crazy. Neither do I, but I just know that it kept my um, yeah. beer cold between that and the, um, and the um, little cooler I was carrying. It managed mm-hmm. to keep my beer cold, which was good because I was going to drink it and record another video. But every time I went someplace, there was literally someone there. <laughs> you know, Richie, you tell me you're out just out for a bike ride, but you're carrying around a cup holder on your bike and a cooler. So I think you have <laughs> another agenda. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, there's like, you know, still the gas station right across the street from Brewer's Cabinet where I get a beer and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. So <laughs> Plus I wanted to try out my new mini tripod, the one, you know, I got. Well, I guess it's not new. It's new to me, mm-hmm. but, you know, because um, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to like make sure, because I'm going to be super busy for the rest of the month. So I want to make sure I get as much as I done as I can before I go, which unfortunately right. turned out to not be as much as I wanted, but that's always the way it is. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of recording video, uh, my wife yeah. and I, we released another video today on our YouTube oh, channel, number 11. 
11, 11 weeks in a row, we've managed to keep it going, which I'm so glad that we did that project in March together because it, it allowed us the travel to actually record <laughs> a bunch of stuff that's been keeping us going for the last few weeks. Um, and then right as, right as things were starting to really shut down, um, yeah. we managed to go out to the, we did, we took a little day trip out to the Como mine near Carson city, actually Ooh. closer to Dayton, Nevada. And I think that's yeah. going to be our next video. Cause that was pretty cool. That was the one where I actually, um, lost control of my drone and it flew into a bush and ruined one of the propellers that I had to replace. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I talked about that on a, on an episode right after we did that because it, it got caught in the wind and it's so light, 299 mm. grams. It says right on the side of it. It's so light that I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. It got caught in a wind gust going up a Canyon and it just pushed it all the way back. Um, I was trying to control oh, it. What I should have done was just killed yeah. it in air. And so it dropped. Um, but yeah. I, it, I could see it kind of, and then yeah. I could see the video for sure. And, but it was flying backwards from the video and it just, as the Canyon raised in elevation, as it went back, um, the drone stayed level. So it eventually just hit the bushes, um, as they kind of came up into it and then stopped. But, you know, they have GPS on them. And even though I didn't have a signal on my iPad that was printing yeah. a map, um, I could flip over to the map and see exactly where it was from a, you know, like how close am I to it standpoint. So I just kept it up and I walked straight to it. I mean, it was easy to find, yeah. um, yeah. But it, but when it went into these bushes, they were like sticker bushes and it, uh, Hey, oh. you just linked to our new episode. Um, yeah. it was Ooh. like sticker bushes and it, uh, it chewed up two of the props and uh, ah. I got four extra props. So that's not a big deal, but, um, yeah, it chewed up two of the props. So oh, wait, did they're you easy to replace the new though. firmware update for DJI. Yeah, for the um, mini, they just itch, they just issued one like um, last week. I was seeing all the um, all over YouTube. People were um, testing it out. Apparently, it gives oh, you no. manual control over the um, cameras. Well, you already have some manual control over the camera. I wonder what additional control it gave you because you can you can flip it up and down, which is the only thing the mini camera can do anyway. Oh no, and um, like um, uh, let's see, exposure or uh, manual exposure controls. Ah, you know the other cameras have that already. It's it was yeah. kind of I did notice that it didn't have. Because uh, yeah. you have focus control, I think. But yeah, it didn't have exposure or anything. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. I'll wow, have to do that. I actually haven't turned the drone on in uh, a couple of weeks. So, um, <laughs> Man, but, if you had a bigger drone, you could, whatchamacallit, you could, um, hmm. <laughs> you could get your food to go or something. I couldn't though, because these drones won't take off in my house. I'm in the air. I'm oh, in the path cool. for one of the runways of the airport. I tried turning I this mini on in my house right when I turned it on, right when I got it and it, yeah. and it wouldn't, it wouldn't activate. <laughs> oh my God. You know, um, last night, yeah. uh, speaking of drones, the last night I was watching, Oh God, what was that? Um, the latest bad boys movie, which was an adventure in itself, just because of how many people mm. were there who had never, um, been to a drive-in before apparently. But, um, yeah. But in one of the scenes, they had, oh, God, I always forget the name of it. The original DJI, the one with the fixed legs and it used to be white and everything. Yeah, the Phantom. Yeah. Yeah. And um, basically, they had it flying around the inside of this last gunfight shooting people. And I'm like, wow, how can a drone that small <laughs> and that light mount like um, guns and all the ammunition? Right, right. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> oh, man. Also, Will Smith. Will Smith doesn't look nearly as old as I think he is. <laughs> I feel like he's like, I feel, I don't know what age he is, but I feel like he's pretty old. <laughs> he's got to be 50 something. Yeah. yeah. Um, he keeps himself in pretty good shape. So, um, Hey, uh, I wanted to mention you yeah. posted our latest video that we released today, but you also released another video this week. You're oh, on yeah, fire yeah. with your schedule. I'm going to link to that right now in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about a, uh, 
<laughs> what is it? A super beginner's guide to field clothing, I think? Yeah. Well, the thing is, yeah. is that I was out, God, it seems like a million years ago now, but it's only October <laughs> mm-hmm. that I was out in, on a survey project. And October that I recorded all these, just in case people are wondering how long in advance I record these things. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just noticed a whole bunch of the things that people were doing that um, um, don't, don't necessarily make, from, make life easier in the field. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, well, it's, a, it's a good oh, concise go video. I like it. It's it's yeah. got a, a lot of good tips in it. Although it's interesting, you know, um, what you might call it. I was watching um, you know, the reason why I shared it out so late is to like um how can I put this? Is to judge the metrics as I'm going along. Because mm-hmm. you know, um because the important thing to YouTube is how many minutes people watch and the click through rate. So basically, right. you know, as as they're as they're scrolling through YouTube, how many people actually click on it. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the when I um, posted to Facebook, like um, people basically watch like a few minutes of it or a few seconds of it and then click off. And then people who were just finding it and clicking it were actually driving up my um, my retention rate, which was interesting. <laughs> that is that is interesting. And I'll, I'll tell you from my own experience, not necessarily with your videos, but from yeah. any YouTube video I see on Facebook is you can't see any information about it. Uh, like yeah. length or anything like that. Like when you're scrolling through YouTube, usually the length of the video or something is like superimposed on the, on the video. And, yeah. uh, and, and a lot of times, like if I'm looking for something on YouTube, like if I'm, if I want to know how to do something on software or something like that, and I look yeah. it up, if I see a 45 minute video that's explaining the one thing that I want to know, I'm not gonna even going to watch it <laughs> because I know it's going to be 42 minutes worth of garbage and three minutes worth of what I actually need. Right. Um, yeah. But on Facebook, if I see a video that I want to click on, you know, I might not, I might not have a lot of time right now. Maybe I'm sitting at a stoplight and maybe I'm sitting in my <laughs> couch, but I, you know, I just, yeah. my wife went down to grab a drink or something and come back and I don't have 10 minutes to watch a video. So I'll click on it and then I'll, I'll see how long it is. I might watch a minute of it or something like that, but then I'll turn it back off and go back to scrolling and just re- remember it or share it or save it for later. But yeah. that's the problem. You, you almost never go back. So um, that's why I like to subscribe to channels. And then I go to YouTube every once in a while and check my subscriptions and see if there's any new videos that I want to see. So yeah. that's, oh, that's, true. That's, typically I, how, that's typically how I see your stuff because yeah. since I'm subscribed, I get a notification through email and on my phone as a okay. push notification that there's a new video out. Yours and <laughs> I think three or four others that I, I have push notifications set up for, I get, I get yeah. notified right when they come out. But, you know, some are... Some are predictable. Like one of them I watch, they come out every Friday. Another one comes yeah. out. Two of them come out every Sunday. Um, yeah. I think yours are what, Wednesdays or something like that? Yeah, Wednesdays at 8. You know, it's interesting. Since I've been watching all these van life videos, I've, I've also been getting um, the, um, the boat life videos, or I don't know what you'd call it, sailing life, boat life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, I lost your audio there for a second. But oh. um, I, I watch a lot of sailing videos and boat videos. <laughs> Well, the crazy part is that one of the videos, I almost clicked on it, but, you know, I'm not necessarily interested in sailing, but one of them was like, our new boat just sank. And it was like, you know, it was a very old looking wooden sail, sailing boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually watched that one happens. of their earlier videos where they were like, um, they had a much bigger boat, but then they realized they wanted to live simpler. So they bought a much smaller one, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, bigger boats, you know, bigger boats have, um, have other problems too. If you're... I mean, you might think you want all the space and I've been looking at that, you know, like, uh, you know, you can yeah. get, you could get a ton of space in like a 35 foot sailboat. Right. Um, yeah. but, a, but a sailboat is going to have other problems too. Like 
for example, if you have to go under a bridge, that's not a drawbridge. Yeah. You're going to have to take your mask down and that is a pain in the ass. I mean, you're going to have to just dismantle your mask and take it down. So there's those kinds of problems. So if you're like, well, I want that kind of space, but I want a powerboat. So then you go up to a, you know, a 45 or a 50 foot powerboat, which isn't, which isn't really breaking the bank if you're going to live on it. It's cheaper than a house, cheaper than this house I bought here. This house was, you know, when you want to say it in ridiculous prices, this house was quarter of a million dollars, right? Wait, really? uh, actually a little more than that. Well, it's, it was like two, what do we pay? Like 260, I think for it originally, it's down to about 250 now. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, it looks like we're getting some signal, signal dropout on Facebook. Um, Oh shoot! Well, but, um, I'm watching like the um. It's I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if it's my internet or if it's some other internet. Hmm. Cause um, it's showing green on my end, but it's also showing drop yeah. frames at the same time. So I'm like, well, one of them's gonna yeah. be wrong, or they're both right. <laughs> well, either way. Um. Anyway, <laughs> tighten up the discussion on boats. One of the yeah. bigger problems with a with a bigger power boat is, of course, is fuel consumption. You know, you're uh-huh. gonna have a 500 gallon gas tank. Just imagine how much that's gonna cost to fill up, and it only gets. It's not really miles per gallon, but you're not going very fast and you're burning a ton yeah. of fuel. But the other Ooh. thing is dockage fees. I mean, most Ooh. of these docks, they charge by the foot uh, for guest dock space. Mm-hmm. And if you're, I mean, if you're at a slip and that's where you live, then it's yeah. just like paying rent or something like that. You're just going to pay for it. But if you're cruising <laughs> around like up the East Coast or something and yeah. you don't like anchoring out that much, let's say you're, because a lot of people are afraid to anchor out, just like drop anchor because they don't want to drag the anchor. They don't really understand it. Yeah. There's a lot of people like that. Older couples, you know, they might not want to, um, they might want, they might, they just might not want to do that. Um, so they might (laughs) want to go into a, into a guest dock or something like that, but you're typically going to pay, you know, anywhere from 15 to $30 a foot per night for that, uh, for that guest dock. Yeah. I mean, it can be expensive. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not cheap. I can almost see why you'd um, want to switch to an RV. (laughs) Well, yeah, but RVs have their own problems too. You know, you can't just park an RV wherever you want either. So Chris Webster here for the Archaeology Podcast Network. We strive for high quality interviews and content so you can find information on any topic in archaeology from around the world. One way we do that is by recording interviews with our hosts and guests located in many parts of the world all at once. We do that through the use of Zencaster. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Zencaster allows us to record high quality audio with no stress on the guest. Just send them a link to click on and that's it. Zencaster does the rest. They even do automatic transcriptions. Check out the link in the show notes for 30% off your first three months or go to zencastr.com and use the code TAS. Hey, podcast fans. I've got to talk to you about drinking water. As an archaeologist, I've been on surveys where we had to drink three to five liters of water every day. That's 1.3 gallons just to basically not die. Sometimes that water just doesn't hydrate you as quickly as you're using it. That's why we've partnered with Liquid IV. The small packets make it easy to take one with you to work, to work out, or on any adventure. I like the strawberry lemonade and lemon lime ones the best. Just put one stick of Liquid IV into 16 ounces of water and get hydrated two times faster than with just water alone. And now with our partnership, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code TAS at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration Today using promo code TAS at liquidiv.com. I mean, that's one thing Rachel and I've been looking at is a trailer versus an RV because, you know, if you had a 30, 35 foot RV and then we're towing a vehicle behind it, yeah. you're still up, you're still up to close to 40 feet. And there's very few pull through spots that are going to be that long if you're going to stay at a campground yeah. or an RV park. So, um, well, RV park should have them, but not campgrounds. So, and um, also, um, I know that they sell little, um, little motors you can attach to the, um, RV to like haul it around. 
to like get it moved around. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Like jack it up and move it around? Yeah. You know, you just like attach it where the hitch goes and then it'll move the MRV. But obviously that also is like, you know, a big weight in itself. <laughs> oh my God. It would have to be super robust because, you know, those RVs are not light. So it yeah, depends. I mean, like they're, I they're could, uh, my little RV, my little camper, I could move around. I could just pick it up and move it around. <laughs> Well, a camper trailer is different. Those are designed yeah. to be lighter, you know, a few thousand pounds typically. Yeah. Um, but a, but a real like big RV, I mean, oh, well, I don't I know, meant, I don't like, know the what campers, they were. basically. Yeah. A camper. I could see that you're totally right. I could definitely yeah. see that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm talking about like a full size <laughs> gas RV. And if you had a diesel RV, typically it's a diesel pusher. They call them the diesel engines in the yeah. back. So I can't imagine what the back end of that RV weighs. It's gotta be six, 7,000 pounds just for the rear end. So true. Um, you know, anyway, speaking of RVs, have you been looking online at, um, some of these forums? Because one of the things I learned is that, um, one of the reasons these RVs drop in value so quickly is because they're so badly made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's why you don't buy a new one. You buy one that's two or three years old. So somebody with a warranty had everything fixed and they yeah. sucked up the depreciation as well. So <laughs> not only do you not get the depreciation, but somebody else fixed all the problems. Um, <laughs> it, it's, you still have to check it out though, because it's either that or they got an RV and they got frustrated by the problems. And then it sat for like a year or two because they couldn't bring themselves yeah. to sell it. And then yeah. they sold it without fixing anything. So, um, but you know, that's well, the same thing as like a new house, except it's worth as, as an RV, but a new yeah. house is typically, unless you had like a really high end builder, even then, I mean, you're going to have problems when you buy that house, there's going to be issues and houses have warranties on them when you first buy them, if you buy them brand new. Um, oh, and you can get a, yeah, you can get a warranty on a, um, we have a warranty on this house. Actually, you can buy a home warranty on an older house too. Our house was built in uh, 1978 and we have a yeah. warranty on it. It covers like if our air conditioning breaks this summer, you know, we have a deductible, yeah. but it's covered, you know, it's covered yeah. if that happens. So, um, wow. yeah, yeah, totally. And the home warranty, it's like paying, it's like buying renter's insurance. Um, yeah. you know, like you can have, I don't know if you have renter's insurance where you're at now, but, uh, mm. you could probably <laughs> no. get, you could probably get renter's insurance on your place for like 200 bucks a year. And oh. you know, it, it covers all your stuff. Like if your neighbor upstairs yeah. overfills their tub and floods your apartment, um, you'd be covered. Uh. So, you know, it's good to, it's good to do that, but a, hor- that. a home warranty for, yeah, a home warranty for our place only costs, God, what was it like four fifty a year or something like that? So, um, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all, to be honest. So, wow. Oh, yeah. by the way, I was gonna say, um, you know, I've been spotting interesting rigs around town, but um, it makes me wonder if that's the reason why um, old BW camper vans cost so much money. Yeah, <laughs> like e- even super old ones, because I know that they were really well built when they started. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you still have to own a Volkswagen, <laughs> depending <laughs> on how you feel about that. I sure. mean, I'm fine with that, but you know. Everyone is. I mean, oh. I, oh, go ahead. I don't really, I don't really care what the thing is, what the what the manufacturer is, as long as it's you know in decent shape. So, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, it's like Airstream. Man, Airstream's really Airstream's really pissing yeah. me off because they're so oh. um, well, they're so iconic, and because yeah. of that, their prices are so overinflated. Like an Airstream yeah. camper, a new one. <laughs> I mean. The, the same, the same camper that's not an Airstream is half the price, you yeah. know, if not, if not a quarter of the price and don't even, yeah. don't even think about the Airstream, um, vans, <laughs> like the camper vans, they start at like 80 grand. Oh, I know. So <laughs> it's just totally insane. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. Like Unless if you're, you're going to pay super old. Well, even then if it's in good shape, it's, it's held its value True. because it's an Airstream, you know? <laughs> so 
Oh wait, no, our, I'm actually uh, thinking of Winnebago. Actually, that's what I was thinking. Oh, of. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're willing to do the work, because those have probably uh, all the hoses need to be replaced internally. All the electrical probably be, needs to be replaced. All the, you know, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. You really got to watch it when you're getting a full size RV that's more than like 20 years old. Oh, I know. Which is, yeah. although it's amazing how many people buy these RVs and then they start fixing them and then they realize that they don't really like <laughs> camping and then they sell them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's normally what happens. So with, especially with toys, yeah. you know, you want to buy a boat, you want to buy jet skis, stuff like that. People buy yeah. them because they're kind of <laughs> impulse buys and then they're like, shit, I'm only yeah. using this one week out of the year. <laughs> well, it's like, um, God, the other day I was biking around and, um, I don't even know what you'd call them. Like, um. I want to call it an expedition vehicle, but it was much larger. It had six wheels and it was, mm-hmm. it was um, a Montana plates and it was just like parked there. And I'm like, my God, like, where would you even take that? I know. I know. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's very difficult for me to describe, but this thing was massive. It was almost like a box truck size. Like, you know, like when a you, a giant box truck from U-Haul or something. That's how big yeah. it was. Jeez, that is enormous. Although I have to admit, people have taken um, U-Hauls, not necessarily that big, but smaller U-Haul um, moving vans and stuff, like the um, smaller mm-hmm. box trucks, and they turned them into stealth RVs. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the point of stealth camping is, but whatever. <laughs> it to be I think it's because, but because I think it's because you can set up in places where you wouldn't normally be able to set up. Like you could park a U-Haul on the street out here, but if you park a camper out there for too long, somebody's going to say something. Yeah, you know. Most this, oh, go ahead. Well, I've heard of people talking about that with like um, parking lots, like RVers uh, like to oh. hang out in when they just are, are transiting somewhere and they don't want to find an RV park or maybe there's nothing in the area or maybe they just yeah. don't want to pay for it. They'll set up in like a department store parking lot or something like that, but they yeah. won't put their slide outs out and they won't <laughs> put their awning out and stuff like that because that, that says a little bit more permanence and just lets somebody know that somebody's actually sleeping in there because it's not... <laughs> It's not typically legal to sleep in a parking lot, whether you're in your car or in an RV, you know, there's no difference as far as the law goes, but there are, there are some places and keep this in mind. If you, you know, get your camper trailer out and you're moving around. Um, I don't know what the, I don't know anything about the particulars or um, as far as I know, they're (laughs) still doing this because one of the RV groups yeah. that I follow. Um, they talk about it all the time because people, people have had a hard time, the liveaboards, they've had a far hard time finding places to stay when everything closed down. Um, yeah. but Walmart, as much as I hate Walmart and I never go there, <laughs> yeah. they officially, their official policy is you can park overnight in your RV in a Walmart parking lot. And yeah. you know, they don't want you to overstay your welcome. I mean, don't, don't stay there for a week, but you know, if you got to stay there for the night, they're not going to say anything. You don't even have to go in and tell them, um, you just, it's okay <laughs> to stay there. So, um, I'm sure if people have been out and about, they've seen uh, fleets of RVs at Walmarts because other places were closed, especially in places where there's more of an RV oh. community, probably down south in Florida, stuff like that. Interesting. So, I wonder, God, I wonder about that. I haven't yeah. been to an sure. RV. I obviously haven't been to a Walmart in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Me either. So I don't even really go buy one anymore. There's not one on like custom route or typical routes that I do. And, uh, <laughs> George, who's watching our stream, says it really helps if you stencil a fake company name on it too. <laughs> oh my God! Just like you know, just like you were um, running a, um, you know, running a um, like an FBI yeah. thing. <laughs> hey, I've got I've got this uh, probably I think it's three foot long by probably twelve or fifteen inches high uh, magnetic um, 
kind of a, yeah. a magnetic stick on um, for dig tech for my company uh-huh. because I, I had to have that. I had to have the name of my company on the side of my truck for a project. Yeah. And so I bought that from, I don't know, from some website um, in probably some cafe press or something like that. Or uh, where did I get that? What's the one everybody gets their business cards from? Uh, oh, well, um, there's the mic. There's the Microsoft one. I always forget what that one's called. Um, uh, yeah. I can't remember what it's called anyway. Um, but they always give good are, deals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so I, I have that and I, I still use it when I go on some projects, but I could easily affix that to the side. Of course, it wouldn't fit on most RVs because they're not metal on the outside. They're fiberglass. So I'd have to find some place where I could actually put it Oh, And I see you put the link in here for um, uh, yeah, advice for on them. Walmart overnight camping. <laughs> oh, oh, Vistaprint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vistaprint. That's right. That's right. How can I forget that? <laughs> so I know. I know. I've used it all the time. So. <laughs> You know what's interesting? Yeah. You know, um, obviously I'm getting ready to go out, well, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things I did is instead of going to the grocery store, I mean, I still have to go to the grocery store later because um, there were a few things that, um, there were exactly two things that they couldn't get mm-hmm. for me. But the thing is, it saves so much time and it's so handy and it costs relatively little money. Like no matter how many bags you get, it's still six ninety five plus tip. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, wow wow, I'm never going to go into a grocery store ever again. Makes me wonder how many people are not going to bother going to a grocery store again. I'll tell you what, I don't want to. Every time we browse, I get more stuff than I wanted. But if I just get what I need online, then they just deliver right to me and I don't end up with uh, impulse purchases. So and more importantly, um, I can check to see if I've actually got something or don't. Whereas that, you know, when I'm at the store, I'm like, do I have it or do, do I not? Yeah. And then I usually end up not getting it. <laughs> That's, that's an even better point. I didn't even think about that. That's a really good yeah. point. You know, I wonder, I wonder how, cause a lot of things I feel like at the grocery store are in the realm of, um, impulse buys, you know, they put them on end caps, they put them near registers because nobody's going to buy this stuff just because they want to like, like some of the bakery <laughs> items and like a bag of potato chips, things like that. I mean, we'll, yeah. I'll think about buying a bag of potato chips if we're going to have like a party or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. Ooh. But otherwise, otherwise, a bag of potato chips really is going to be an impulse buy. Like, I'm not going to be scrolling through and yeah. add that to my cart and then go look at it and go, yeah, that's, I'm definitely going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I'm just walking through the grocery store, I'm going to pull it off and, and sure, yeah, why not, uh, why not throw that in a cart? So, um, <laughs> I wonder how some of those, some of those retailers are going to deal with that. Um, yeah. From a well, from a same way Amazon deals with it because you know people buy all sorts of crap they don't want from it. They didn't necessarily need from Amazon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They they've got really good placement on their pages. And hey, this is just everybody that bought this also bought this. What do you think about that? And like, yep, yeah, that's that's how I got these. So, um, <laughs> oh, God, can you, you, know can what you see this at all? Oh, yeah. I can see it now. Yeah, it's a yeah. uh, four. I think four four tripod mount tops for the GoPro camera because um, we only had one of them. Yeah, oh, it was I like six bucks on Amazon. Because I bought um, I had to buy them individually, but then I got the uh, metal ones or the aluminum ones. Yeah, these are not high quality. This was like seven dollars <laughs> for all four of them. But I just needed something. I needed something real fast that was going to work, yeah. and I, I'm pretty sure these are plastic. Um, yeah. So it's it's in a pinch. It's going to work for us because we usually mm-hmm. we have a couple handheld mounts yeah. but we've only got um one of these things and and well actually we have three three handheld mounts one of them has that built in because it's like the floaty one that orange yeah. floaty one and it's got it built in yeah. um, but the other two we only have one of these things so we need we need two of them so we can both have a camera at the same time 
You know what? Um, what you're talking about, um, grocery stores putting stuff on the end caps makes me think of is that this whole coronavirus thing has been the perfect example of the way that um a lot of more dishonest people are using every sales technique that they can think of to um basically steer yeah. people in a direction they want. Like for instance, right. one of those things. I was talking with a neighbor about this last night, and the thing is, a lot of these radio hosts keep saying, "You have a 99% you know survival rate from coronavirus, and only 650 and 650 you know thousand people died from this or that last year." And the conclusion is that you know only like less than a million people are going to die from this, but you know basically they say just enough not to be able to get sued, but you know yeah. You know, because if you um, because like I said last week, one percent of the population is three is like three million people dead. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Yeah, and if they said, well, one million people died, you know, well, like three million people are going to die from this, and only six hundred fifty million people died from, or six hundred fifty thousand died from whatever, like lung cancer or something or heart disease, mm-hmm. then you know you're going to be like, wow, this is a lot worse. But by simply divorcing the two and by simply stating the two in different ways it shows um you know they can get their they can get their fake point across without actually um perjuring themselves well and i don't know what the agenda is there like why sure even if that's the if that's the goal what (laughs) what's the agenda what's the end game for these deniers for people who are saying it's not that bad are they what oh what is the outcome the the interesting part is that um i was reading a i was reading an article on the atlantic today about that and their mm-hmm. point of view is that, you know, since a lot of these deniers are, um, you know, basically they're the sort of people who aren't going to be affected by this. And the sort of people who are going to be affected by this, the low wage workers, you know, people of color, et cetera, et cetera, are just the sort of people that um, these deniers exact want to be infected and die, basically. I mean, that was the whole, I yeah. mean, it was very scholarly and took a lot of words to get to it. But basically, if you boil it right, right down to it, you know, it's like if a bunch of um, people of color die, then, you know then they'll have their, you know, their Republican hegemony forever. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, you know, it's interesting because yes. um, I've been reading all sorts of interesting things. Like, um, like, for instance, did you know that absolutely no one has died of the coronavirus at all? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And that, yeah, um, the, that's um, interesting and that, news. <laughs> yeah. And that doctors and um, nurses are all part of mainstream media now and that they're all just like trying to, you know, pretend that all these people died when they probably just died of something else. <laughs> Great. I'll, I'll tell my brother-in-law that who's working at Mount Sinai in Manhattan. I know. So, you know, Oh, well, they're yeah. the biggest liars of all because, you know, they're not letting anyone to New York. So no one can see that, um, that no one's dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. So. Uh, oh yeah, my God. Crazy. Speaking of deniers, by the way, hmm. um, I saw you renewed your um, Costco thing and you posted something <laughs> about people who are not renewing their Costco. I was wondering, you know, what'd you hear about that? Dude, I saw... <laughs> I saw a news report that day about um, Costco. Costco put out, as we're recording this on May 10th, Costco put out like a little over a week ago that they made it <laughs> mandatory for anyone coming into their stores to wear a mask and uh, or some sort of face covering. It doesn't have to be like an yeah. N95. It just has to be a face covering, right? Yeah. So, so they, they said that and, and they said they were <laughs> going to be enforcing it. Like it has to cover your mouth and your nose. Yeah. I've seen so many people, like I had to go, where was I at? I, had, I was out... We were out somewhere. I was going to talk about this, but we were out somewhere a few days ago. Yeah. And I saw people with like that, that kind of cheap mask that was going around, but they had either their nose uncovered. So it was like (laughs) down here or they had their whole face uncovered. It was just like over their chin. And I'm like, what, what are you actually doing right now? Like, are you just satisfying the mask on your face requirement, even though it's not even a requirement anymore? Um, anyway, uh, 
so anyway, Costco comes out with this and I saw this news report, how a bunch of people were taken to Twitter and tagging Costco and saying, <laughs> um, Oh, you know, this fascist <laughs> stuff, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to renew my membership. I'm going to go to Sam's club instead or something like that. And coincidentally, like the day before <laughs> I had just renewed our membership online because yeah. it's been expired for like a month and a half and I keep forgetting it. Um, yeah. it's been expired since the last time we made an order. And, uh, yeah. so I, I went and renewed it and, um, <laughs> And then I, I just had to post and tag Costco and be like, listen, because I, I had also seen uh, yeah. some something on Facebook about shopping carts too. And I'm one of those people that always puts their shopping cart away. And yeah, you know, in order to even help myself out with that, I always try to park near a cart corral because I don't want to go halfway across the parking lot to deliver my cart anyway. So I'll always try to find <laughs> a parking spot near a cart, a shopping cart corral. And yeah. Also, not only do I return it, but I always pull a cart from the corral just so they don't have to take one more cart up, up to the entrance, right? I always pull one from there. Or if somebody's left one in the parking lot, I'll grab that one. I almost never have to get one from the, um, from the actual store because they're always in the parking lot. And, I, and I, saw this, I saw this whole thing about how, you know, shopping cart is the one way to tell whether or not somebody cares about society because it's one of those things that's really for the better good of everyone. And you know that it's for the better good of everyone yeah. to actually put your cart away rather than leaving it as a danger where it can blow into somebody else's car or somebody can hit it or something like that. Yeah. But there's also no regulation. So it's something that you do <laughs> out of the goodness of your heart for society that nobody is going to A, praise you for or B, yeah get in trouble for. So it's really just <laughs> something you do to be a good person. And it's the great equalizer. And I saw that right before I saw the Costco report. So I had to put something <laughs> on Twitter and be like, listen, these people who are not renewing their Costco memberships, they're no big loss because they're also the ones that leave their carts in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> but they're also probably the ones who also treat employees like human beings and don't like stand in front of the, um, free, the, um, uh, the free sample, free sample oh um, God. trays and basically take everything. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, the minute, the minute a good sample is, uh, like you can tell the good samples, right? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. The minute like a new tray, <coughs> excuse me, the minute uh, a new tray is coming out. Yeah. You get people just hovering around it. <laughs> Waiting on a tax return. Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah. I should, I should mention real quick, too. We just got done, right before I started this, we just got done recording the 190th episode of the Serum Archaeology Podcast. And our guest was oh, Tom wow. King. Um, oh yeah. And it's the third time Tom King's been on the show. And the first one was almost eight years ago. And, uh, in fact, it was a little over eight years ago, I think. And he, um, yeah, he was talking about the new, uh, proposed changes to the national environmental policy act that he's been talking a lot about online. So, um, it was good to, Good to talk to Tom about that. A lot of good points made. That episode, if you're watching, if you're listening to this in real time, that episode yeah. will be out May 20th. So that's uh, yeah. in a week and a half from now. Oh, God, how many coasts were on there? Because I saw you were asking if anyone else was going to be on. <laughs> yeah, I think people just had some busy things to do today. Um, well, I mean, it is Mother's Day. <laughs> it is Mother's Day. You're right. But it was, uh, <laughs> but at least, at least one of them that didn't show up doesn't have any children. So, you know, there's that. Ah. But, uh, Anyway, it was um, uh, Bill and Bill White and uh, um, 
uh, Heather that joined us. So, <laughs> oh really? Was, oh good. Uh, it was a good discussion. A yeah. People. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. It was just the right amount. Honestly, three of us plus a guest. That's uh, if you get too many, then you don't get a the other co-host didn't don't get a chance to really respond or anything. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Amy, Amy just joined us, and she says, looks like I missed most of the show. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it depends. <laughs> Amy, you can always rewatch this on uh, Facebook shortly after it's done uh, right oh, here. That's true. And you can also watch it on uh, Richie's YouTube channel as well. Yeah, happy archaeology fun time. Yeah, so yeah, either, no, either place. Yeah. You know, it's been interesting, like, seeing my, um, my subscriber account go up, which, yeah. is, very, which is very thankful-ish. Is it, is it doing well? Yeah, I don't know. You know, part of the problem is that since, you know, since, I mean, obviously I recorded all this stuff like months ago and all the <laughs> fun stuff I want to do, I want to record, um, you know, I can't do until this whole lockdown is lifted, you know, unless yeah. I felt like driving, you know, halfway across the street just to like make three videos. And I'm like, yeah, do I really want to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I actually I thought that. about it, especially since yeah. um, it's like, you know, tomorrow I was, you know, normally when I go out and drive, drive to a project i can you know record stuff on the way there and on the way back mm-hmm. but because um but thankfully the company i'm working for is giving me the chance to drive out a work truck which means i can get paid mm. drive time so but obviously i can't like you know i can't take this truck and like suddenly like you know <laughs> i can't record i can't stop at some place like take a 20 or 40 mile detour to take a um take videos <laughs> yeah what about what about when you get to the project area will you be able to take the truck after hours and maybe go places and see some stuff and record <sighs> we'll see i mean there's actually yeah. we're going there's actually stuff nearby but it's like nevada nearby <laughs> yeah yeah it's not like walkable typically <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's and there's stuff there's sort of kind of stuff in town but not really enough for a video and much mm-hmm. more importantly they're like usually on someone's property so so like i don't want to be crawling right. around someone's property i mean some of these other exploration videos do do that but i'm like yeah i'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah there's a lot of cool stuff around where you're going so we won't mention it now because it's an ongoing uh ongoing project but um yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, that part of Nevada too is uh, is really oh, yeah. cool. Um, so. Oh my God. Well, I mean, yeah. you know. Oh God, I guess Virgin Valley was near there, but you know, all basically far northern Nevada is always interesting in general. Mm-hmm. Although I would, I don't know if that's far northern, like that that's considered up north enough, but whatever. <laughs> right. Well, um, I will say, uh, Amy, who joined us, said she had some Mother's Day activities, which is probably keeping down our uh, our view count. Um, oh, of course. Because she. Because she's a mother, so um, <laughs> happy Mother's Day, Amy. Yeah, happy and to all the Day. mothers out there that that might be listening to this or uh, or or listening to the replay. So, <laughs> oh my God, you know, now that yeah. I'm looking through my notes, there's one thing I had to mention because we were talking about that um, Facebook thread about Wild Note, but one of the first mm-hmm. responses was was from someone who said, "Don't use, you know, don't use these online apps or these, you know, these electronic digital apps." Because, you mm-hmm. know, information can always disappear, you know, it'll eat data and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how come, you know, how come archaeologists literally, we got all these degrees and we go to school for this long, yet we're literally the only people dumb enough to think that if you put information online that it can still disappear. <laughs> because, you know, if, if that were true, so many people would be so much happier, especially stuff, who, you know, like, especially politicians. <laughs> I know. And the thing that really gets me about that kind of comment, too, is that first off, yes, it can disappear. 
It can get corrupted. <laughs> it can get deleted. Somebody can actually do that accidentally. They can just delete everything. Yeah. Um, those kinds of things can happen. But then I remember three specific circumstances from my own CRM art career. And there's many more. These are just three examples <laughs> of the same thing. But yeah. I have seen entire clipboards go down mine shafts. Um, oh, yeah. When the when the clipboard was set on the edge of the waste rock pile and then the wind just blew it into the mine shaft. I've seen that. We saw that down near Tonopah, Nevada. Um, I've seen, uh, uh, I remember on a project out in, out near Battle Mountain, Nevada. Uh, all yeah. these things happen in Nevada, by the way, but I've seen stuff else other places, but my examples all come from Nevada for some reason. But yeah. out near Battle Mountain, Nevada, we were on an excavation and somebody had their foldable um, forestry supply clipboard and it was <laughs> sitting out on a bucket and they were, um, they had turned around to, I don't know, look at something in their unit because they were writing up their notes and they had, like I do, I had all my, um, all my fresh yeah. paperwork on the right-hand side and all my filled out paperwork on the left-hand side. And, yeah. uh, and a, a dust devil came over just like suddenly out of nowhere. And there was just a paperwork tornado. We never did get all of it back. I mean, some of it was just <laughs> lost forever. Um, and then, uh, and then there was, of course, how many times have we seen clipboards left on the hood or tailgate of a truck and the truck just pulls <laughs> away and then the clipboards on the highway somewhere, you know, well, of course, uh, it's I just, mean, I've seen someone drive off with a, um, with a Trimble <laughs> on yeah. the, um, yeah. on the back of the truck. Like, you know, like the, the, this particular truck in question had a um one of those toolboxes <laughs> we were like screaming at this person as they were driving out down the road <laughs> right. thankfully it fell off thankfully it did finally fall off near a gate <laughs> so it didn't like you know <laughs> it didn't like get too hurt but more well, importantly you know yeah. oh well, i was gonna say you know speaking of like losing paperwork we've all like seen um we've all seen right in the rains where someone wrote in pencil and like the writing is basically you know you can't read it. Unreadable. It's like completely yeah. smudged out. <laughs> it's like, well, you yeah. know, that's almost the same thing as like information disappeared. They may as well not written it. <laughs> well, that's, that's my biggest problem too. I'm not one of those lefties that writes with their hand all bent around. I write like normal, yeah, but because way. of that, because of that, I, I drag across the page. And when I used to write in pencil, um, cause you couldn't <laughs> write in like pen on a writing rein, but when yeah. I used to write in pencil, I mean, it would just drag across the page and then get it all, um, get it all scuffed up. But on top of that, I'm a lefty and my handwriting is atrocious. So <laughs> I, this is why I went to digital archeology span 10 years ago. The minute the yeah. iPad came out, I'm like, great, a way for people to read my writing. <laughs> So, well, more importantly, like yeah. if you're using something like OneNote or Google Notes or um, whatever the Apple equivalent is, it backs it all yeah. up anyway. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like backed up in multiple places. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, oh, you know, the other circumstance I can think of too, because I remember this. This is actually an yeah. example from. I don't know the Carolinas. I can't remember where, but it was a long time ago, back in my early days of my CRM career. Yeah. I had this guy who was a crew chief who was just a totally disorganized. And we usually had, I think on this one project, the one I'm thinking of, we had, he basically had a truck his own and then the crew had another truck because we weren't, we were staying out near the project, but we were only a couple hours from the office. So he wasn't out yeah. there the whole time as the field director. He would come out every yeah. other day or so yeah. and then like gather up our, um, gather up our paperwork and stuff. And he had a bunch of maps and just all kinds of stuff in the back of his truck, but he had them all just, thrown in the back seat of the truck. And I remember he was going down the highway one time we were following him and he had yeah. his, uh, he opened his rear windows cause he didn't like air conditioning and, <laughs> um, 
all his paperwork flew out the window. <laughs> like all his, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it flew out the window because it was just sucked out the window when he opened the door, uh, opened the windows going down the interstate. And I'm like, wow. you idiot. Yeah. We never got any of that stuff back. So, uh, yeah, it was a nightmare, but anyway, that stuff happens. Yeah. It can happen digitally and it can happen. Uh, it can in happen real life. in real life. And Amy here, who's, uh, said she's doing some work in the Lassen, um, which is Northern Ooh, California, yeah. kind of a volcanic yeah. area. Yeah. Super cool area. Ooh. Um, but she says she drove off with her cell phone in the back bumper of the work truck. I've seen that more than a few times. Didn't wow. notice until about two miles. She said, luckily it fell in the space between the bumper and the truck. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. So yeah. Yeah. Lots oh of stuff God. been left on the back end bumper of a truck. You know, speaking, Oh wait, where do I want to go? There are a few other things I wanted to talk about. You know, what was interesting, mm. you know, I mean, not to keep going back to the coronavirus, but it's, I think this whole thing shows that people have terrible, terrible, terrible critical thinking and evaluation skills. Mm. Like, um, and the reason why I thought about this is because, um, you know, I signed up for healthcare during the Nevada's extended open enrollment period for healthcare. But guess how many people mm-hmm. in the state also took advantage of that hmm. over the, like the whole, like two months that it was open again. All right. 1900. That's it. Yeah. That's what I thought too. I'm like 1900 extra people. And you know that a lot of people lost their healthcare because they don't have it through their employer oh, yeah. anymore and they got laid off. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, it's like, Oh my God. It just wow. makes me think of all the whole pseudoscience thing. I forgot where I heard that. I think I might have listened to NPR or, or maybe mm-hmm. something. But, you know, it was like I was totally shocked by that. Yeah, that is totally insane. Yeah. Um, you'd think more people would take advantage of that. But. In fact, you know, God, it was made me think because I was also listening to the Jordan Harbinger show this week. And he was talking about how, um, how you know, all these weird um, pseudoscience um, narratives come about. You know, and he was pointing the example of North Korea, where they're officially atheists there, but mm-hmm. um, but they still believe in magic and stuff like that. And how you have um, yeah, and how you have um, cult members come out of cults, but then they start believing in some really strange thing. And it's because um, you know, we know that critical thinking is basically not holding strong beliefs in something, but evaluating something on the um on the evidence. But for a lot of right. other people, they just can't get rid of that framework. They if they, they can't believe in it, then it's not something they want to hear about. Like they literally only right. want to hear about stuff they want, they can believe in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. That's all this stuff comes about though. You know, <laughs> so, oh, and you know, one other thing I read about that you might be interested in hmm. um, New York times, they had um, one of their writers <laughs> was um, messing around with some software that a lot of um, employers have started using now. And mm-hmm. basically what it does, uh, you install it on your computer or maybe it's installed on your work computer and you take it home with you. And basically, it tracks the um, tracks your um, usage of that computer throughout the day. Yeah, that's been that kind of stuff's been around for a while, but it's probably oh, probably more in use now that people are working from home. But the thing is, is that you know his reports were coming out terrible because he's a reporter, and therefore he has to be on the phone a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so stuff like that, and you know other stuff doesn't get accounted for. So by the end of it, he was trying to like pretend to like be working because it also not only does it track you know what apps you're using and whether you're typing on the keyboard, but it also takes photos of you. <laughs> right. So right. he was like, you know, he was talking on the phone, you know, while pretending to type and stuff, all sorts of crazy stuff like that. And you know, and some of the commenters were talking about, um, you know, is that better? Is tracking software better than maybe something like a results-only work environment? Which I think I don't know if that's like an official term, but it's something a lot of people in the comments of this article are bringing up where, you know, it's just like, you know, 
if you get your work done, does it really matter? And, you know, it was the work you were assigned and it's the work that you're normally expected to do. Then does it really matter, you know, how much time on tasks you spend? Right. I think, I think that's exactly right. That's how I've always tried to operate with my business is really more of a um, task oriented work rather than, um, rather than hours oriented work. Right. It's yeah. uh, now, I mean, some things, some things kind of have to be hours oriented because you just get as much done as you can in that period of time. Like if you're working yeah. in a warehouse or something like that, where the work never ends, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, I mean, or, or like, you know, in a post office warehouse or something like that. I mean, yeah. or even like a restaurant or drive through or something. I mean, in those places, in those environments, you kind of just have to work the hours. You just have to be there. But in yeah. other places where, where you can do, um, results oriented work, that's how high end salary people do it all the time. You know, you're paid, $100,000 a year to be an executive somewhere. Nobody's tracking your time, whether you're coming in and out. Nobody knows where you're doing your work or cares where you're doing your work as long as you're getting your work done and you're bringing your work in. I think a good, um, I think a good example of that would be like a salesperson, right? Um, yeah. Especially for say software or something intangible uh, like that where they're not, you know, they don't have like physical products they're selling or maybe they are selling physical products. I don't know, but, but they're doing the sales process in an intangible way. I mean, they're, they're judged basically on how much sales they bring in for the year. They yeah. have sales quotas, not time quotas. And if you're a crappy salesperson and it takes you three times as long to make those sales than uh, in, in the workday than somebody else, well, that's, that's your problem. <laughs> and if you want to work fewer hours, you'll get better at it. <laughs> so, of course, you know, well, um, somewhat. <laughs> Well, you'll either get better at it or you'll quit and you'll just be like, I don't want to work 120 hours a week, you know, to make the same amount of money as this guy who's working 40 hours a week. So, um, but I think, I think that's always been where it's at. I wish we could do that kind of thing in archaeology. And I do, uh, the times where I've paid for people to basically do work for me, uh, not field work, but other stuff, it usually is results oriented. You know, it's like, hey, I need you to just get these things done. This is what I'm paying you. Yeah. And it's up to you to get it done in a time frame that makes that money worth it, right? <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's that's basically all there is to it. Unfortunately, you can't do field work that way because you can't be like, well, here's a here's a tract of land I'd like you to go survey by yourself. Get it done before this date, and you do you decide how much how many hours you have to work. It just doesn't work that way. Um, <laughs> so, so we have to go out together and do those sorts of things. But, you know, a good a good example would be those like. Um, yeah. Like those surveys that you were doing for that one company where they basically give you a list of uh, a list of things that has to be done. Yeah. And if you want to work a 12 hour day one day and a six hour <laughs> day the next day, as long as you're getting your work done by the deadline, then yeah. that should be okay. You know? And I thought it was okay, but apparently it wasn't necessarily all okay, but that's another story. <laughs> well, people just don't understand that kind of work. People, people think <laughs> that you need to work a certain number of hours where, um, really what they're paying for you paying for is the value of the work that you're getting done. And it's really hard for people to wrap their heads around that really hard. <laughs> you know, I, I would love to have a lot of small projects that are basically um, like, for example, if I had a small survey, I, I would tell yeah. you, Richie, listen, this is where it's at. This is when I need yeah. the field work done by, and I need your report. If you're going to build one or site records or whatever you're responsible yeah. for, I need them done by this date. And, yeah. and here's what I'm paying. You either say yes or no to that. And if you say yes, and it takes you three weeks to do the project. Great. If it takes you a day to do the project, I don't care. This is what I'm paying you for it. It's a flat rate. I'm not paying you by the hour. I'm not paying you anything else. I'm giving you this amount of money to get this work done. And that's how that's supposed to work. So, 
Um, oh, that's how I prefer to work. Speaking of which, are we going to be able to look for keys in Elko at any point this year? <laughs> it's uh, it's currently scheduled for Friday, June twelfth. That's just for the just for the survey. So we'll see. Um, yeah. Um, I think that's just going to be a small that's going to be a small affair. But we're we might be doing a the larger survey. And I asked her about that, but there's no time yeah. frame on that yet. Everything's been pushed back because of the virus. So oh, of course, um, they're just they're just starting to go back to work at the mine consistently. Um, oh. May 18th. So wow. uh, they've had, they've had basically a skeleton crew working up there. They're still doing, I think they're still doing work like extraction, um, but really yeah. limited people. And most of the people in the offices are not working. They're working from home. And uh, um, our contact has been going out once a week just because she has to, from a regulatory standpoint. But, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we might, uh, <laughs> We might be able to get out there. I'll certainly need you on the larger survey if we uh, cool. if we end up doing that. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that goes down. But no, no details on it yet. I think I think we're going to know something by the end of this month because we're going to know whether or not the world really is going back to normal or not. And yeah. well, and it might go back on. to normal, but it also might be you know <laughs> a lot of death. <laughs> well, I know, I know. So that those two things are going to be hand in hand for a little while. You know, I also love the fact that people keep saying that it's either restart the economy or a lot of people are going to die from economic, you know, from yeah. economic causes. But it's like, you know, everyone, all the economists keep saying it's basically two ends to the same, um, it's basically two ways to the same end. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so. Well, whatever. Yeah. I think the most interesting well, thing is, is that yeah. my mom was actually is, I don't know if she's still going to be, but she was very much a Trump supporter. And she's one of those seniors <laughs> who, um, you know, might be slightly rethinking her, um, her <laughs> point of view. Yeah. I, I hope she's so. still, unlike, so. you know, unlike the president, she is definitely still, um, wearing a mask and like, you know, washing her hands and doing everything she can. <laughs> right. In spite of what everyone tells her about, you know, this being fake. <laughs> well, we might not have to worry about the election. If, uh, both Trump and Pence come down with the virus, they're both old and, uh, actually, Pence looks like he's relatively in shape, but Trump is definitely not. So um, I don't know. I don't know what their survivability is if they would get it. But two of their staffers, one on each team, has has the COVID nineteen. So um, yeah, we'll see. Not that I'm happy, but you know, it's just like you know, like I uh, I feel like yeah, you know I, know, I just don't understand why they couldn't wear a mask. <laughs> Everyone else is. Yeah, it's it's part of that uh, part of that macho, really. Ah, all right. What what else was there? Was there anything else? I think I well, went through everything I could. Yeah, I think we need to start wrapping it up. I got to get off and uh, do some finish up some trailer maintenance on my boat trailer, uh, yeah. so we can oh. so we can possibly go get that boat next weekend. Uh, we got to pick it up from California and bring it back to Nevada. I think next weekend is going to be a good time to do it. Oh, interesting! You get recertified to go into Lake Tahoe, or are you going to um, do something else with it? Yeah, no. When Lake when Lake Tahoe opens back up, we got to get the watercraft inspection done on it, and uh, probably get the Tahoe only sticker back on it, so we don't have to do it all the time. And um, yeah. then because uh, we're keeping it just down the hill from Lake Tahoe, so it's uh, um, it's it's going to be good to do that. Although I would like the option to take it out to other lakes. I just it's such a pain in the ass because you got to get those inspections all the time. So interesting. So is Lake Tahoe more fun than just like riding around the bay <laughs> or you know the Delta? You know, Lake Tahoe is a lot more fun because the Delta is dirty. The Delta is like, <laughs> you can't even see two feet into the water, uh, a foot into the water. And Lake Tahoe, while colder, it's so nice to just anchor out in a in a cove on Lake Tahoe and just jump yeah. in the water. And even though it's cold, I mean, even in the, deadest, in the, in the hottest part of summertime, the water is not that warm. And uh, yeah. 
Um, but you get used to it and it's just, I don't know, it's just yeah. nice. It's peaceful up there. Even with all the people, it's, yeah. uh, it's just, it's nice to camp up there on the boat too, to, to spend the night because the lake really calms down. There's nobody out. It's just, um, yeah. it's just a really, it's just a really good time. So. Yeah. Oh, before I forget, are you going to start? I mean, were you still thinking about doing that podcast about Lake Tahoe or not? Yeah, it's really going to depend on our summer schedule and what happens there. And, um, and honestly, the usage of the boat, because this, this nonprofit, I think I've talked about them before, this nonprofit called Clean Up the Lake. Um, You can find them online. They're, they're doing a, they're doing a scuba diver, uh, scuba diving expedition around the entire lake. Um, Uh, where they're picking up trash basically and they're using wild note to record everything. And I've been helping them. I've been helping them get all the forms together, but they might actually buy my boat. So, uh, because they oh, wait, need a really? boat. Yeah. I told them they could use it, but I was like, listen, we kind of want to sell it because we're either going to look at an RV or possibly a different boat. And, um, so they might, they might actually use some of their funds to buy it, but I don't know how that's going to work because the project has been pushed to 2021 and they're just doing a two week pilot study on six yeah. miles of the lake, uh, at the end of August, the last two weeks of August. So I'll be out there for that, probably driving the boat for them and, um, uh, yeah. you know, for the, for the divers and then, uh, uh, helping them out with wild note at the same time. So, but we'll oh, see if we keep the boat all summer, then, um, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Ha, huh, finally. Sorry, I was looking for an article, but they're all like, you have to pay for them. I'm like, no. <laughs> for Clean Up the Lake? Yeah. Oh, you should be able to find their website. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but oh, wait, really? Clean Up the Lake. Yeah, Clean Up the Lake, Lake Tahoe. They, I know they have a website with some information on it. Yeah, so, shoot. Well, yeah. well, there is one called Clean Tahoe Program or cleantahoe.org. Oh, oh no, like you, found the right, you found the right article. Uh, 72 Mile Underwater Cleanup. That's definitely the article. Oh, cool. Um, but they should have a website somewhere. So they have a good uh, Instagram feed too. There's called, there's called clean up the plastic or something like that. That's like the overarching organization. And then clean up the lake is kind of what developed <laughs> out of that uh, specifically for Lake Tahoe. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So, Interesting. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's a really cool project. So. Wow. Um, cool. All right. right. Well, speaking of, yeah, let's, uh, let's call it so I can go do some work and, uh, um, we got to navigate that nastiness. That's Lowe's home improvement. There's always so many people there. Luckily, most of them are wearing masks, but I got to get a new (laughs) hacksaw blade. So, oh wait, really? um, yeah, the old boats, the old bolts that hold the the boards on that I'm replacing on the uh, trailer are completely rusted. And I, I ruined the last hacksaw blade I had on Friday replacing one side, um, just totally flattened it. (laughs) So, um, so I got to buy a new blade and uh, cut the remaining four bolts off. So interesting. Um, Sounds like it's yeah. time to upgrade to a different tool. <laughs> I know. Really, what I need is a is a grinder or something yeah. that I could just grind them off. But I'm not. I don't. I don't use something like that consistently enough to spend the hundred and fifty dollars on it. So uh, yeah. I'm just going to buy a four dollar hacksaw blade and call it good. <laughs> so all right. Well, in that case, right, you know. Yeah. All right. So um. Another podcast comes to the end, and don't forget to check us out on um, let's see, Happy Archaeology Fun Time on YouTube, and I've also got a Facebook page and a web page. Yeah, and if you're watching this on Facebook for the APN, then Archaeology Podcast Network on Facebook at I said that totally backwards, but Facebook.com <laughs> forward slash ArcPodNet A R C H P O D N E T. And if and you're listening to, the, oh, go ahead. 
Yeah, I would just say, if you're listening to the audio of this on the Archaeology Show, thank you for that. Uh, yeah. We're still looking for a producer that can bring us in some uh, some guests and we can keep recording. But in the meantime, I'm just going to keep recording these and putting them up on the Archaeology Show because I like to get the audio out there. And yeah. um, But you can also watch these live at the sources Richie had, but also on Facebook. So just go over there and like one of those pages and, yeah. and uh, you'll know when we go live. And I was also going to say that um, it seems like new people like um, are liking the um – you know, Archaeology Podcast Network Facebook page every day. That's right. Yeah, we're getting uh, we're getting a lot more likes every week. Uh, I think it's 20, yeah. 30, 40 likes a week sometimes, um, which yeah. is which is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, check that out. And Richie, so you're going to be in the field, so we're not going to be live <laughs> next Sunday. Um, yeah. but, but the week when, after, yes. The week after. Okay, so the week yeah. after we will be live. So it'll be two weeks. We're going to take a little break here. I don't know. Maybe if you have some decent internet, we'll still be able to do it, but... Um, We'll uh, see. I mean, I've week. never tried the internet out from this. I'm going to stay at a motel I've never stayed at before, so I can't really, you know, comment on the yeah. internet. Yeah, it's probably not going to be great. So <laughs> we probably just take the week off, um, especially since I think we're going to be in California for the entire weekend. So oh, cool. uh, that'll probably work out. So, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining. Yeah. And we will see you in a, in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Archaeology Show. Feel free to comment and view the show notes on the website at www.archpodnet.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ArcPodNet. You can also find us on the Lyceum app, a podcast app just for educational podcasts. Music for this show is called I Wish You Would Look from the band Sea Hero. Again, thanks for listening and have an awesome day. This show is produced and recorded by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle, in Reno, Nevada, at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode and for supporting the Archaeology Podcast Network. If you want these shows to keep going, consider becoming a member for just $7.99 US dollars a month. That's cheaper than a venti quad eggnog latte. Go to archpodnet.com slash members for more info. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.